Hey everyone, welcome to the Make Life Matter podcast. I'm your host, Angela Donadio, Bible study author, adventure junkie, and founder of Voice of the Voiceless, empowering women in Africa. Join me here every week for inspiring conversations on discovering miracles in life's messy moments. Here's this week's episode. Welcome back. This is your go-to podcast for anyone craving fresh ways to apply God's word to your everyday life. Together, we'll see how our ordinary and even messy moments can become platforms for the miraculous. And I am with my special guest and friend, Carrie Cardinelli. I am so excited for you to meet her. I have had the chance to minister alongside of Carrie on the Unstoppable Tour, and she is a breath of fresh air. Her story is riveting, and I'm going to introduce her in just a second. But I want to talk about earlier this month, I had the honor of interviewing author, speaker, and recording artist, Tammy Trent. She shared her powerful story of losing her husband, Trent, and how God restored her hope. So be sure to listen to episode six if you missed it, Learning to Breathe Again. And then later this month, I'm going to continue sharing from my latest Bible study, Fearless, Ordinary Women of the Bible Who Dare to Do Extraordinary Things. We've already met Rahab and Abigail. And we're just going to keep moving forward, finding our fearless through the story of the Samaritan woman at the well and Priscilla. We'll discover what happens when uncommon faith has an unexpected encounter with an extraordinary God. And if you'd like to sponsor an episode and share your message with a global audience, reach out to me at AngelaDenadio.com and I would love to have you. All right. I know you don't want to hear from me. You want to hear from Carrie. So I want to introduce her. Uh, Let me just share just a little bit about her in case she's new to you. She is an avid communicator. She's a multifaceted speaker. She's a worship leader, author, and a radio host. She has an incredible testimony of God's unconditional love and grace. She loves a good rescue story, and she is passionate about sharing hers for God's glory. For 15 years, Carrie walked away from her faith, and she lived a homosexual lifestyle. She shares how life was without Christ, her reunion with Christ, and how life is now as she lives for Christ alone. Her fusion of real-life stories and intimacy with Jesus connect with her audience at a refreshing level. She is so grateful for the opportunities God has given her through her messages and worship to encourage others to be authentic and vulnerable with their own stories so they too can experience the intimacy we all long for. Carrie released her first book, Swing Ride, a story about love, sexual identity, and how God redefined it all with Bridge Logos Publishing this year, along with her debut worship album, Unveiled. Carrie, I am so excited to have you. It is so good to be with you again. So welcome. Thank you so much. It's so great to be here with you. It's been a little, it's been what, since October that I've seen you? Yeah, and a lot's happened since then. And I introduced you as Carrie Cardinelli, but you actually have a different name now. You want to talk about that for a second? Yeah, I do. So I got married this year, uh, you know, May 2000, uh, last year, 2019. Um, And so my new name is Carrie Shop, but, um, you know, people know me as Carrie Cardinelli. So we're just going to keep Carrie Cardinelli for a little while so people can still find me. And my husband, Phil, is totally fine with it. But yeah, yeah. So, you know, newly married and um, uh, yeah, it's been wonderful. (laughs) How is it a really good life? Is it like a big adjustment or do you love it? It's a huge adjustment and I love it. Yeah, all all of the above. All of the above. 
yeah, I'm 42 and he's mm. 41. And so, you know, we're bringing both of our lives that we've lived together yeah. and um, it's actually gone smoother than I thought. It's just more of, um, you know, how I wash the dishes versus, versus how he yeah. washes the dishes, you know, um, the color of the walls, you know, but, adjustments. Yeah. 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 I met you actually in Buffalo. I mean, we, I met you speaking up there in Buffalo and that's where you're living, right? That's where you're from. Yep. I'm okay. born and raised in Buffalo, moved around a lot, went to college in Florida, lived in Tennessee, moved out to um, LA, and then came back to Buffalo. And I've been here for, oh my gosh, maybe 20 years now. Can you share just kind of about your story and a season where you've really overcome challenges in your life? Well, yeah. I mean, you know, obviously my book is about how the Lord brought me out of the lifestyle of homosexuality. So, you know, one of the things I over, overcame was coming out of that, you know, really coming out of the world and the way that the world uh, trained me to think and then becoming a believer and the Lord being so gentle with me and just really teaching me his ways and showing me his character. And, um, and over time, you know, it was, it was a good 10 years where actually I was single. I mean, I was in relationships from 15 to 31, came to the Lord, gave him my heart at 31 years old. And, um, and I mean, I knew him, I knew of him, but I was very distant from him. Mm. And so when I um, acknowledged his presence, when I was 31, uh, you know, just poof, relationships went away. <laughs> and, you know, I wanted one, you know, I, um, but I think after maybe about eight years, I'm like, okay, Lord, I think you have me in a bubble and mm. nobody's seeing me. So at any point you could pop this bubble <laughs> and let me have someone. Um, but uh it was a challenge to be single and it was a challenge to fight. You know, you feel this pull towards, you know, the worldly ways of living yeah. versus, you know, the, the Christian way of living and it really um, being biblical. And so overcoming singleness uh, in the best way I, I look back and can see how I overcame it. It was really just pouring myself into him and just, he overwhelmed me with his love and, that is what, it was almost like I had the world pulling me in one, you know, tug of war and I was in the middle and Jesus was so gentle and just mm. kept showing me who he was. And I would cry it out every night at 3 a.m. in the corner of my apartment. And just, I know I don't want those things, but I don't know how to let go and I don't know how to live without it. And um, I just poured myself into his word. And the more I learned about his character, uh, the more my mind shifted and, um, and I became very self-aware of who I was and the identity that he created for me. And that is what kept me so strong throughout those years of singleness. Um, mm. And so then actually when I met my husband, I was okay. I was content. I mean, I wanted companionship, but I knew I, you know, Lord, I'm okay. You know, the companionship will be nice, but I am okay. And the only way I could have gotten to that place was by spending time with him. You were not only shifting out of an unhealthy approach to sexuality, but you were also living a single life, which is a whole different entity all by itself. Yeah. And listen, the word is always enough, but there are those moments. And if a girl's listening right now, she knows what I'm talking about. Where yeah, it's like, yeah. you're enough, God. But, but I mean, what else? Like, what can yeah. I do? So, um, honestly, uh, you know, I had a great group of friends and, um, I served a lot and mm -hmm. serving really helped me, especially those nights where I felt really sorry for myself and just, um, mm -hmm. you know, and, and just, you know, like I cried it, you know, you just cried out. Um, but the more I served and the more I trusted him and started seeing beyond my singleness, 
I started seeing his track record in my life. Ooh. And that's a big thing for me is that I, I look back at, first of all, my whole life. I mean, I really met Jesus when I was 15, um, which I talk about in my book. And, um, you know, I had a bad relationship, fell away from the Lord, really believed that I wasn't forgiven for what I did. And so I walked away, thought he left me, but it was really me who walked. And, you know, so for years I was searching for what I had, this love that I had in Jesus, but, um, I just had this massive veil over my eyes. I couldn't see it. So, um, so fast forward into my life with him now, I look back and I'm like, wow, I see all these little tiny um, uh, breaths of air that you, you know, breathed over me all those mm -hmm. years, protected me, guided me when I wasn't walking with him. And then when I was walking with him, all the little tiny miracles that he performed in my life, tiny, tiny little miracles with, um, you know, whether that be um, finding a new job or getting into a career. Or I always wanted to sing. I mean, I know that you're a singer as well. And that's been a desire my whole life. I mean, when I was young, I wrote about it in my book. I used to sing Whitney Houston in my bedroom yeah, yeah. with a you know, foil over my exactly. hairbrush. Right. And um, you know, I, but I always wanted to help people and encourage people. And so all those years, um, I, he just wouldn't allow it until I gave my life to him. And that's when mm -hmm. he said, now it's time. So these little, um, I call them these little, um, nuggets and I have like a little invisible spiritual nugget satchel. <laughs> I carry I around. Yeah. And I, and I hold these little tiny nuggets of miracles. And when I get down and if you're single, you know what I'm talking about? You, you know, you sort of pull them out and see, okay, you are faithful, hmm. you are faithful. And so for me, it was like, okay you're in every other area. And I'll say this, I used to tell people all the time, God is very vocal in a couple areas of my life and ministry is very vocal. He tells me where to go, you know, and the one of the areas was with relationships, dead silence. I mean, just silence for you, like nothing, like not even a peep, a chirp, uh -huh. nothing. And so that's where the struggle was where I'm like, is this for real? That nothing. And I'm like, but you're so vocal in other areas. I have to believe you have a voice in this too, but you're just, it's not the time. Yeah. Cause a lot of times I hear people say, I just don't hear God speaking to me, but you could clearly hear him in some areas of your life. Right. And he was just intentionally silent in others, which yes. is definitely a character building, <laughs> character building. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, can you see now why it was nearly a decade? Can you look back and see the arc of what he was doing? Absolutely. And okay. if I, if I did not go through this season of singleness now, you know, I know my story is different than everyone else, but I had a lot of wacky, um, you know, ways of thinking, um, just, I was trained in the world. I mean, mm -hmm. I guess a lot of people are, and, uh, even believers now still struggle with what they've learned, what they learn in the world. It's all mm -hmm. around us. But, um, you know, I, if I wasn't single for that many, you know, those many years spending time with him alone, there is no way I would have been prepared to marry Phil. Hmm. Phil is a solid man who is just, I mean, I was, I mean, I was not only Italian, but like, I mean, emotional. And really one of the things I learned was, which when I was living the homosexual lifestyle, my emotions were just running wild. And mm. you get in that type of relationship, especially with the woman, you've got two sets of emotions going crazy. Um, so I always relied on emotion. And one of the biggest things I learned that the Lord taught me was I had to rely on truth over emotion. And that was something that took about 10 years to learn. <laughs> yeah, what an interesting insight. That's so interesting. I would have yeah. never thought about that. 
You know, I wanted to read something out of your book and, and I've just started reading and I haven't finished it, but I cannot recommend it enough. You know, I know one of the things you say is it's, it's a love story, not a gay story. So some people might be thinking, uh, you know, I don't struggle in this area or I don't know someone who struggles. Well, nowadays you probably know someone who struggles. So mm -hmm. I feel like there are, are probably so many people who could benefit from the book. And I want to ask you who you feel like should get the book, but I really love this part of your introduction. I kind of had to stop and reread it. And it said, the word homosexuality rolls off my tongue much, much differently now. Some days I wish I could crumple it up into a tiny little ball of letters, hide it away in the back corner of my closet with my secret stuffed animal collection and never speak of it again. But that doesn't seem to be the plan. Well, God's plan. I often get asked about the life I used to live, how I came out of it, and how I keep myself planted on solid ground. The more my story is discussed, the more people are interested in hearing about it. Sometimes it's for their own understanding on the topic as a whole. Other times it's for people who don't know how to respond to a loved one. For some, they like to challenge me that I still am a homosexual or that maybe I never was. I feel like that little paragraph sums up probably a whole lot of things that maybe were partly motivations for you to write the book or that would identify who you feel like needs to read this book. Yeah, you know, um, I, it took me a long time to write the book because, um, you know, just uh, like I said, you know, the words you sometimes want to just crumple them up. It's part of your past that, you know, I've got some haunting memories there that uh, I engage myself in things that I don't want to remember. And God hasn't necessarily wiped them all away. Um, you know, so the memories are still there. They're not as fresh, but they're there. Um, you know, and I, I, a lot of times people will say, <laughs> I remember um, a girl came up, actually it was at the Unstoppable Conference and she walked up to me. She said, well, you know, I mean, I don't think, I mean, I'm thinking about this book for a friend of mine, but I don't know. I mean, she just, I mean, she struggles with like wanting to be in relationships, but she's, she doesn't struggle with the gay thing. And she said, but you know, she's been, you know, struggled with eating her whole life. And I said, okay, hold on. I go, just go to chapter three in my book. And it says for the love of food. Yeah. I said, yeah. So, I you know, <laughs> so it's about the book really in essence is about, I've had a love that I've, yearn for my whole life that I believe all of us do. We, we desire to be known. We desire to be loved. And I filled it with everything but God. And so this story is my journey of how I met him, lost him, gave myself to everything in the world because I just needed to be filled up with something and how it just destroyed me. It just, it wrecked me, you know, every, on every level of my life um, until I had nothing left. And it was really when I was proposed to by a woman that, and I was with her for 10 years, you know, and, um, and I knew something was off and I cried out to God thinking, I, I know you're there. I know it was almost like this was like the end of my rope. And, and, and I started to actually recognize him in things, conversations. And that's what drew me back. So people that, this book would be good for, first of all, anybody that's struggling with, um, you know, homosexual tendencies, desires, questions about the lifestyle, you know, it's not all, um, it's not, I feel like the world makes it look so fun and, and, and alive and, but it's, it, it was actually very dead for me. And, um, but I was locked in it. I felt like I had sort of claws in my soul, like I couldn't get out of it. Um, so it's for somebody that may be struggling that doesn't want to share with anybody, but can, relate 
it, it's a relatable book. Uh, it's also for um, people that know someone that's in the lifestyle of homosexuality. Uh, they don't really know how to, they don't understand it. They don't understand the person. And, you know, mm-hmm. which we've talked about this before, where I believe that the only, really, the way to minister to someone is to, is to communicate. It's relational. It's to have a relationship. And so you hear the word gay, homosexual, transgender, whatever it may be. And we immediately put our hands up and think, I don't even know how to touch this. And all of a sudden there's this wall up and listen, they know, they feel it. I felt it. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so it's really a way to show you sort of, um, the inside, like the, the B-roll of a life mm. of somebody who's walking in and what's really going on inside of someone's heart that is choosing that lifestyle. You wow. know, they're not just choosing it just to go against the world. Some feel there's a comfort there. Sometimes it's, um, you know, they might not even understand their desires. Thinking as you said that, like one of the women I wrote about in Fearless is the woman with the issue of blood mm-hmm. and just her struggle to try to get to Jesus and what that required. And, you know, I was writing and I could feel the gravel in her knees because she was trying to touch the hem of his garment, which would have been dragging the ground, Mm -hmm. you know, and she didn't want to be seen. And the whole premise of that is because, you know, bleeding for 12 years, this issue that she wrestled with, um, she was considered unclean, you know, and so no one wanted to touch her, at least of not a rabbi, because then he would have to go through all this ceremonial, you know, process to get clean again. And so she desperately wanted something different and, and pushed through all of that at great cost. But I feel like what you said, you threw out these words that are so, um, not volatile is not even the word, but they're just inflammatory almost to people. You can't say, you know, gay, homosexual, transgender, uh, you know, immediately it's, when you said that, it's like, the old Testament unclean. And somehow we put this barrier up that doesn't belong there. And, you know, I wrote in that chapter that, you know, her issues didn't make Jesus unclean. He made her whole. And I don't know why we want to separate ourselves from things. Number one, we don't understand fear makes us understand it, Mm -hmm. misunderstand it, or we don't know what to say about it. And, you know, I've been a pastor's wife for what, 25, 26 years. And especially in the last few years, I have gotten this question a lot, Carrie, and that would be number one, how, how should I minister to someone who's choosing a homosexual lifestyle? And then I'll kind of a different whole lane. And my husband preached a whole message on this one morning is how do I help those that are struggling with same sex attraction? And they don't want to be living a homosexual lifestyle, but it is a genuine, authentic struggle for them. Like I don't struggle with pornography or alcoholism mm-hmm. or something else, but for someone else, that is their life controlling temptation. And it's a constant thing that they have to really be intentional about. I know that's two different things, but I would just love to hear your, you know, your counsel, your voice to both of those questions. First, how do you deal with, you know, what would be your best counsel if someone, you know, loves a family member who's choosing a homosexual lifestyle or someone who's wrestling with same sex attraction? Uh, so for the first question, um, I always, I believe that each person has their own individual timeline with the Holy spirit. And so we have a tendency to want to get in there and operate on our own timeline. We want to see people change. Of course I want to see, listen, I lived in it for over 15 years. People wanted to see me change. I wanted out. I wanted to, my life to be different and I just couldn't figure it out. I couldn't get out. And so I look back and I, and I can see, wow. And I actually, when I started writing my book, 
I wrote out a whole timeline in my life. And that was when I saw this visual that the Holy Spirit was in every single step of my timeline. So I say timeline because if you have someone in your life, the first thing you need to recognize is that the Holy Spirit has a timeline with that person. That person is struggling more than you can imagine. And before you start putting up the walls, I just want to encourage you to remember that this person has a soul. This person is a creation of God, no different than me or you. And this person has a heart, a heart, a true beating heart, a human being um, that wants the same things that we want, that they want to be loved and they want to be known. And for some reason along the way, something happened in their life and that is what allowed them to go in this direction. Uh, They may not even understand it. They just might be there. Uh, A lot of times it's protected. You know, it's almost like a Band-Aid, especially if there's something traumatic that's happened. And um, so they cover it up. And so if anybody tried to rip a blanket from me, I'm going to hold it back and say, don't touch this blanket. And that's where you get this pushback. So I believe in relationships. And if you really love the person in your life, you truly love them, then you're in their life because you love them. And this is something they're choosing. And how can you be a light? In, In general, how can you be a light where... say it wasn't homosexuality, say it was, um, I don't know, drug, drugs, alcohol, whatever the case may be, you know, that a person's struggling, they're hurting and they don't know how to grasp how to get help. So how do you come alongside? There's spiritual strategy. I believe in spiritual strategy and it doesn't have to be, um, you know, so (laughs) like, uh, I just feel sometimes we come in really intense. And it scares people off. So I encourage people to love, learn about the person, learn about their quirks. What do they like? Take them up for dinner, you know, have a conversation other than that. Talk about their relationships. Are you willing? Are you strong enough as a believer? And I share this often. Are you strong enough as a believer to withstand a conversation about somebody's homosexual choices? I believe that we're strong enough. And if we're not, then we need to get strong in the Lord to have a conversation because the more we are quiet, the more we listen, the more information we get, then we learn how to help someone. Um, so that hopefully answers one question. But just to remember, and, I, and I've shared this with you too, I, I don't believe in, I believe in short-term missions work in general. But when it comes to people, I don't believe in short-term. I believe in long-term mission work. And if you're going to be in, if you want to help someone, then you've got to be in it for the long haul. I, I would rather run the marathon. I'd rather be at the end of that person's marathon, cheering them on and seeing them cross the line, whether it takes one year to 20 years, mm-hmm. than to walk away and, and say, I want nothing to do with this. I actually believe God would say to me, I never told you to walk away. I want you to be in there. Get in there. Get in the fight. Get in there. So I would say that. Okay. So the second question you asked was, um, like, okay. So that, and that was, thank you for that. And I loved your, your, you have that in the book about, you know, people are not short-term missions mm -hmm. and and ministry is messy. I mean, Jesus Mm -hmm. got his hands dirty. He did not shy away from ministry. It was the Pharisees and the religious leaders that just didn't want to deal with it. But whether it was Matthew or Mary Magdalene or whoever, um, Zacchaeus, you know, Zacchaeus, get out of the tree. Like, what mm-hmm. are you doing? I'm going to your house. Like, let's sit down and talk, <laughs> talk it out, you know, for yeah. like literally like up in a tree, but he wanted to get to Jesus. And one thing I was thinking when you said that is, I think we try the cookie cutter approach and we're not, we're all individual people. Like you said, with individual timelines and experiences and, and mindsets and, and belief systems. And so to just go barreling in there with guns a blazing 
and it's just not, I don't even think it's honoring to who Jesus is and how he would have loved people. And right. you know, the kindness of God leads to repentance anyway. Always. And, and we're not the voice of the Holy Spirit. So I can't change anyone. And you say that in the book, we can't change anyone. We could be an agent of influence, but ultimately the change agent is Jesus. The change agent is the Holy Spirit. So if we stop loving, I feel like we've removed the bridge. You know what I mean? That then enables them to really see the love of God. So well, the, the goal is, I mean, when I signed up to follow Jesus, my job as a believer, uh, my mission is to share the gospel and the gospel is Jesus. So my job with anyone in my life is to share about Jesus. So, you know, if you're sitting down and having a conversation, you know, ask them about their life, ask, get in there, you know, and then just say, so where are you at with your faith? You know, and, and allow them to maybe ask you, they might have questions, but a lot of times they don't want to ask questions because they're afraid they're going to be bombarded. Right. And I'm not, I'm not saying hide from the truth. And I, and I get this a lot where people are like, nope, scripture wins. I agree. But I also feel if I know scripture truly, then I can say it in a certain way because the Bible also talks about when somebody is not walking with a, and I had it, I had a veil over me. I could not understand scripture. Mm -hmm. I would read it. I'm like, this is, I don't get it. I don't get it. And so mm -hmm. to be that person, that, that bridge for them between, you know, their heart and Jesus and, and gently lead them, you know, showing them who he is and then being a great witness, which doesn't mean being clean all the time. Yeah. You know, there's yeah. something about when people see brokenness, they're like, I remember somebody once said to me, they're like, I'm so glad that like you reacted that way. I'm like, no, I don't want to react that way. They're like, yeah, but you're normal. Like I'm like, yeah, you're a normal person. But then yeah. it gave me an opportunity to say, yes, but I, this is what I strive for. You know, these, these are the things I strive. And then it always opens a door for conversation about Jesus. Well, people value authenticity. Don't you think? I mean, no one's drawn to fake anything. So mm -hmm. be real, be who you are. My struggles are different than someone else's struggles. So I'm going to operate out of authenticity and transparency. I think the other question I had was in a different way, what is your counsel for those who are wrestling with same-sex attraction, which I think some Christians misunderstand, like it's a temptation like other temptations. And so how do we navigate that? And how, how would you speak to someone who's saying, I don't want to act on this, but I am really struggling with these feelings of same-sex attraction? Yeah. You know, my ministry started out because there, once my testimony came out at church, there were so many people that came out of the woodwork and contacted me in church that are strong believers that have same-sex attraction and they don't, they don't know what to do with it. They don't know how to handle it. And, um, and so you know, my advice always is it's, it's a tough one because it's sexual and I believe sexual sin can grab a really nasty hold on us, mm -hmm. which, um, you know, homosexuality is a sexual sin, just like pornography. These are things that are really hard to fight. I mean, sex was a gift from God and it's like this amazing thing. So, you know, more than anything, people would choose, you know, sex over chocolate, I'm sure, you know, <laughs> but it's, it's one of those highlights in life that we just want and it makes you feel good. It makes you feel loved. And so, but at the same time, I believe that the temptation is no different than 
any other um, sinful temptation. So there are things that I still struggle with, you know, which, you know, we've talked about, you know, I'm, I'm constantly working on my health and wellness where, you know, to make sure it doesn't become an obsession, but, you know, I love food. I mean, I, I love food, you know, and, and, um, it's one of those things where the Lord has been, you know, pretty active in that. Like when I said before, he's vocal in certain areas of my life. Um, I used to say God was very vocal in the area of my weight where he would say, you know, you need to do the work. But it's funny because I recently um, was in a prayer um, room with a, a group of women and the Lord spoke to me and he just said, listen, I see everything that's going on. You know, I, and, and he actually taught me that I, do not love my body. Like I'm not willing to accept my body as it is, as it is. And so this is something that I'm working on. So if, uh, you know, it could be any, whatever, pride, pride is another one, right? I mean, people struggle with pride and, and it's a silent one. Nobody, you know, we can hide that one pretty well. I can't really hide mine, you know, cause I carry weight, but with somebody that's struggling with um, same sex attraction, uh, that is, definitely something they have to go on a journey with the Lord. And so it's, first of all, to not look at them any differently because there's no, I don't know what's worse than being x-rayed by another believer and feeling like I'm not good enough when I know I'm good enough. I know that the Lord tells me I'm good enough, no matter what my faults are, no matter what my, you know, all my downfalls and my sins and my temptations, I still know that I'm good enough to walk with him. Mm -hmm. And so when another believer looks at me differently, that is no different than looking at a believer who struggles with same-sex attraction that not only is afraid to share, so they have no safe place to go to talk. So can you be a safe person? Are you willing to put aside your your judgment? And um, and that's why I always say in my book, like it's a no judgment. So I'm a no judgment zone. And And even when I life coach, that's where it's at because I have to get to the heart of a person in order for me to help them. So if you have someone in your life that's a believer that doesn't want to operate in that, but they're struggling with it, I'm encouraging you to go to the Lord and ask him to give you the strength to be a no judgment zone for that person. So they have a safe place to talk about these things because it's no different than any pastor falling because, you know, they have an affair. Um, They have nobody to talk to. Right. 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 How how do you live with that struggle? Right. You can't share with somebody. Not to say to share with everybody, but you've got to find a safe place. That's right. And and so and and again, it's no different that so now somebody that is listening that might struggle with same sex attraction. Well, I'll say this: a lot of times people will say, "Well, because I was challenged that I was when I say I thought I was born that way, but I'm not born that way." For me, I say, "Well, it's no different than somebody who was born with um, a proclivity towards any type of sin, right?" So I was born into that temptation; it snagged me, and I had to fight to get out of it. Um, no different than somebody who has an attraction—a a married man who has an attraction to his secretary. So you just give in? Do you just give into it? No, you fight, you fight, you fight it. Um, anybody that has a towards anger, or I talk about in my my book gambling. Like you don't just go to the casino and blow your money away. You get help. You go get help. And so um I think I answered that in two different ways. One from the no, side of how to so minister grateful. and also somebody that's actually struggling with it. Absolutely. To not give into that to know if you truly believe that that it goes against God's word, then then get the help that you need. Well and you spoke to something that I've heard as as an argument. Um, for homosexuality is you know they no one can help it and we were born that way. And you know, the Bible teaches that we were all born into sin. 
we weren't we weren't born saved we were born into sin so it's like being born with a terminal disease mm -hmm. and unless you accept the cure you're going to die of that disease that disease is sin it doesn't matter how that disease manifests itself and so you could really just do away with that argument by saying well okay then we were all born into sin mm -hmm. so i still have to make the choice not to stay in that sin not to live in that sin but we can't wipe away sin and act like it's not really a sin because then there's no need for the blood of jesus then there's no need for repentance then there's no need for life change so i think this argument that i see shifting toward well you know maybe it's not really a sin and maybe you know if you can't help it then jesus has mercy well that's how is that any different like you said then well you know i just can't help not staying faithful to my husband and i just you know keep having these affairs but you know god loves me yeah god loves us and he forgives us but true repentance means i'm going to stop doing that and make a 180 and turn around and go the other way but that has to be an acknowledgement that that the choice i'm making is breaking the heart of god and it's really hurting me you have to look at in your own individual life things that you can make excuses for i know the areas i make excuses for and god always reveals them at some point it's like yeah. it's time to let the excuse go and i'm like <laughs> i'm not ready i'm not ready uh it's the thing that is distancing me in my relationship with him mm. so the reason why i can stand firm and say that homosexuality is sin you want to choose a little bit way that's your choice but i have learned that it's sin and i fought to to be removed from it. I fought to run away from it. And because I dove so deep into the Lord, he was actually rewiring me without me even knowing it. Wow. And so I was so involved in learning about him that he rewired me. And I believe that he could do that for anyone out there. But I looked back and I saw, I wanted you, Lord, and I couldn't get to you. And that's sin. That, that's what happened to me. And so that's why I... I really have such a heart to help people to see that it's not just about turn from your sin. It's not, there's more to it. You know, it's actually, you're, you're, you're distancing yourself from your creator, from the true mm. love of your life. And that's why I call it a love story because there's something in the way and it could be anything. It could be alcohol, it could be drugs, it could be food. It could be sex. It could be, yeah. you know, all these temptations that, um, you know, they just chip away at us one by one. And then it's for me, it started off by just kissing a girl mm. through an experiment. And then it, it went from, you know, a, a best friend in high school who, there was another experiment and then all of a sudden in college and then all of a sudden here I am in these relationships so far from what I actually really wanted. Hmm. And I couldn't even, I couldn't see anything and I was living a whole different life and everybody knew it. The fights I had with my, my parents and I, I mean, and all those um, relationships have been restored. Wow. And, and I, and, and, you know, I also want to say this too, that I do believe it doesn't matter how old you are, your life can be changed, your life can be transformed. When you start acknowledging that you do have a curiosity and that you were created to be of someone, of something. You know, I went through all my life and I'm 42 years old, I get married and I'm actually, I am having a baby. And I'm oh. doing, I know, and I'm doing um, this oh. July, July um, of 2020, the summer. And so I've just entered my second trimester and, um, you know, um, I just think, wow, God, you have really done a number on my life. Mm. You've really done a number. And I, the one thing that I am so grateful for, the one thing that I am so grateful for is that I chose I can cry. I chose obedience. Yeah. I, every single day I chose 
you are who I want. Mm-hmm. I trust you. I don't trust the world. I don't trust the, what the world is, has taught me or, or what they're currently teaching me. I believe in you. I trust you. I'm going to continue to follow you. I'm going to fight this. This is a good fight and I'm going to mm-hmm. fight it. And I continue to fight it. And so I'm seeing the result of the fight. I'm seeing wow. it and I'm just so grateful for it. So I am, I, and I want to be that person. I want God use me to show uh, that you, you really are, are God of miracles, you wow. know? And I was going to ask you how you would encourage people to get unstuck, but you basically just said it. Obedience, fight, you're worth fighting for. God is so much more trustworthy than the world. But like you said, like your worship album is is unveiled. When we don't see, we don't see. And Mm -hmm. that's how the enemy works, deception. And we think what we're seeing is truth and it's really not. But you just kept fighting, you know, fighting for who you knew God called and created you to be. And I know there are people listening that, there are so many things that you have said that, that I know are resonating and impacting them. And, and I really want you to pray for, you know, our listeners in just a minute. And, um, I, I want to, you know, ask you a couple quick things. Biblically, is there a character that you kind of identify with more than any other that speaks to you? Yes. Um, Jonah, and I'll tell you why. So um, years ago in my little single walk, um, I was starting to feel, I was, I was, I was, I felt, you know, that distance I was talking about, I was feeling that a little bit. I was getting a little angry with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden I said, I am distant from you. I could feel it. So I actually asked God to have dinner with me. <laughs> so I went to the store. I bought like this $6 meal. Uh, there's a place here called Wegmans. You can get like, well, now they're like $8 meals, but what? went home, lit a candle, opened up my Bible. And I'm like, I just want to talk to you, you know, and have a a real conversation with you. And so I opened up to Jonah and I'm like, I don't want to read Jonah. So I flipped back and I kept going back to Jonah, Uh. read the story of Jonah, which I actually never read and could not stop reading the story. And I get to the end of it and I'm like, what are you trying to tell me? And then he just knocked me off my feet. And I saw in the story with Jonah that he was such a brat and he ran because he just wanted his own way. And, but, but God still had his eye on him. And I love the end of the story where God is actually almost messing with Jonah, you know, and, and he's like eavesdropping on Jonah and he sees Jonah, like just, you know, crying it out in the corner. Like I used to cry it out in the corner, but he was still there. And I was like, I'm still the apple of your eye. No matter what I do, you still love me. So no matter how far I go, you always draw me back and, and you make this relationship so real. And so I love, yeah, the story of Jonah tell, wow. relieves me. It relieves me that when I have those moments of just being really bratty, spiritually bratty, <laughs> um, that God is like, listen, I still love you. Yeah. And I still have a job for you to do. So when you're ready yeah. Take it up and wipe your tears. I'm going to wipe them for you. And then we're going to get back to it. I love it. And we're all bratty at times, right? Yeah. I'm bratty too. Sitting oh, in the yeah. And I'm not getting my way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I know after people that, that maybe have not heard of you before, they're going to want to know how to connect with you. So I'm going to put your links and everything in the show notes. But, you know, outside of the book, Swing Wide is the name of the book. They can probably get that anywhere, right? Amazon, Christian Books, everywhere. Um, That's right. Of course, we know you have your baby coming. So congratulations. Is there anything else you want yes, to know about? Thank or you. Ways they can connect with you. They can find me online, Carrie okay. Cardinelli, 
carriecarnelli.com. That's a great way to find me. I'm also on Facebook. Yeah. I also do life coaching as well. Um, and I could do that through zoom and Skype and I do phone calls, all that stuff. So, um, so that information's on there as well. And, um, I do have a site where they can find me for life coaching. It's called the mending place. I'll put that link in there too. Thank you. Yeah. And I think you'll be at significant, right? conference Mm -hmm. in Buffalo. So those are some places that can find you. So, oh, I've just, I want to just talk to you for hours and hours. I'm (laughs) blessed that you're my friend. So I get more time, but I know everybody else is like, no, it's no, we need a part two. But I'm just going to ask if you would just end our time by praying over our listeners. We covered so many different things today that they might be struggling with, but just whatever the Lord lays on your heart, if you would just kind of close our time by praying for them. Sure. Father, I just, I thank you so much for this time, the special time with Angela and the special time with every single person that is listening. God, um, right now there are hearts out there that are broken. Um, maybe their hearts are broken for what they're going in their individual lives or the people that they know. And so, uh, God, on this topic of sexual sin and homosexuality and all that goes with it, Father, I just ask that you give your children a fresh perspective on on how to talk through it, on how to love through it, and how to minister to it. Um, God, there are hurting hearts out there, and they're your hearts, they're your children. We are your children, and so we need to link arms, and we've got, we've got to find ways to build the bridges, and ultimately for the goal for each person to know. Jesus Christ, so they can know, know and experience you, Father. And so uh, we thank you for your presence in our lives. God, I know that we all share a common ground where we want to be loved and we want to be known, and it's only by you that we want that. And so if there are things that are in our, or any listener right now that's standing in the way, um, any type of sin or just any type of wall that they've put up to keep you away at distance. They're just not sure how to deal with the situation in their life. So they sort of cover it up. God, I ask that you start pointing it out to them. God, I ask that you start bringing it to their attention. I'm in a very gentle way, God. I know sometimes you like to (laughs) knock us over the head, but God, sometimes I just ask that you're just a little bit, you know, gentle and just guide us and, and lead us to you. That's what you did with me. And it was like, you were leaving me little, um, like, uh, bird seeds and just showing me the way. And so I pray that you open up hearts, you open up senses, you open up um, desires for your people to come to you and to know you more. And I pray that uh, your, your children, believers, that we can rise up and we can start to love more on a deeper level and be open, open-armed and open hearts for those that are really, really struggling to get to you. God, we love you so much. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your word. And we are honored to be obedient to who you are and who you've called us to be. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Thank you so much for joining our conversation. I'd love to stay connected. So be sure to visit AngelaDonatio.com for my books, blogs, and free goodies. And find me on Facebook at Angela Donatio BOV and Instagram at Angela Donatio. If you've been inspired to make life matter, leave a review and subscribe at iTunes, cpnshows.com, or anywhere you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Until next week, let's keep discovering miracles in life's messy moments.